Life Audio. Sometimes in this world, it's easy to get caught up with everything that's going on around us, whether it's in our own personal lives or the cultural climate or the political climate. And one of the things that I think is so helpful to remember is that God is king. And he's not just king in Israel, and he's not just king over the believers, but he's king over all of it. And sometimes I think it's so easy to forget that. So today we're going to be focusing on God as king in Psalm 145. I pray this episode blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are going through Psalm 145 together. And Psalm 145 is one of the last songs that is known as an acrostic in the entire book of Psalms. There's a lot of them in the Psalms, but this is the last one that we're going to go through. And just as a reminder, if you were wondering why we are talking about the Psalms on the Hearing Jesus podcast, I just want to remind you that the Psalms was essentially the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus. And it is actually, in fact, the one book that Jesus and the disciples quote from the Old Testament the most. And so in our effort to hear God's voice, to understand the heart of Jesus better, my thought on that was, I think it's really good for us to go through the Psalms and think through the things that were on Jesus's heart. We know that he referred to this a lot. So I think it's really important for us to ourselves have a better understanding of what the Psalms actually say. If you would like to dive a little bit deeper, you can check out today's show notes where I give a journaling prompt. And I do that because I think journaling is an excellent way to help get you to process this information and get it from your head into your heart. Once a week on Mondays, I send out a newsletter that has all the journaling prompts from the previous week included. And then if you would like past episodes journaling prompts, you can go to shehears.org and go to the resources section and look for the guided Psalms journals. Again, just some additional resources and things that I think will help lead you and guide you as you try to grow closer to God in your relationship with him. So today I'm reading from Psalm 145. I'm reading from the NIV. This is a Psalm of David, starting at verse one. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on all your wonderful works. They tell of the 
the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eye of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. That's Psalm 145. So this is a little bit longer of a psalm. And the reason for that is, like I mentioned, it's an acrostic. So it goes through each letter of the Hebrew alphabet as it goes through each stanza by stanza. And so you may not know that. I think sometimes we miss some of those things because we're not reading it in the original language. But that's why it's a little bit longer and it seems to have some repetitive stanzas in it. And I think it's just an excellent way that the psalmist writes in it's considered the idea of the acrostic is it's considered it's a complete thought. Um, so I appreciate that aspect of the psalm. It's our last acrostic in the Psalter. By when I say the Psalter, that's just meaning all five books of the Psalms put together is called the Psalter. And there's, if you didn't know, there's a natural division in each of the Psalms books where it's divided up into five different sections. Then we're in the final section of the last part. So this psalm is a hymn, not just an acrostic, but it's also a hymn. And it's talking about God as the king and the one who provides not just for his people, but for vulnerable people everywhere. And it talks about God's great acts and it celebrates this kingdom that's going to be everlasting. And that is really the reason why the psalmist is moved to praise. In verse 1 and 2, it talks about God the King. And so the psalmist is opening up by talking about his determination to engage in praise of God every day and enthusiastically. It's not just an act of obedience, but it's an overflow of the heart. We see that with words like praise, exalt, extol. The repetition of those words tells us that. And God is his king, the king of the psalmist. And of course, that means he deserves his worship. And so the focus is on God's name, which refers to his nature as well as his reputation. So the name of God would not just represent what he was called, but the character and the nature and the ways that he would act and establish his name. In verses three through seven, it talks about how the Lord is worthy of praise. And because God is great, Obviously, he deserves our praise, but it is beyond human ability to understand God completely. You know, I say this all the time when people ask about certain questions they have about God. There are some aspects of him that we are not going to understand this side of heaven. 
But that's all the more reason to praise him, I believe. And so when it's talking about how God is worthy of praise, it's recognizing that it is beyond our human ability to even grasp God completely and fully. But as his people, we can know him enough to pass down these stories of the things that he has done in our lives. And what the psalmist is doing is passing down these accounts of the great acts that they've seen God do from generation to generation. And so when it's talking about God's wonderful works, that includes these redemption acts that he's committed, like the Exodus and the crossing of the Red Sea and the deliverance of the promised land into this chosen people group. And so these acts, are not just something that God did a long time ago, but they have this eternal significance because they recognize or they reveal God's character and God's nature. And God doesn't change. God's heart for his people doesn't change, which means that he has the same kind of heart for us. And so we can talk about how God's people can expect him to act on their behalf in the present tense because God doesn't change. And so the way he acted in the past establishes this kind of track record of how he's going to act in the future, which builds up the confidence of our faith, the confidence of his people. And because of that, we can praise him. We can rehearse with our children and the following generations, the things that God has done, the way that he acted in the scriptures, the way he has acted in our own lives. And so that's what it's essentially talking about when it's talking about passing these things down from one generation to the next. It talks about this throughout the Old Testament and throughout the Psalms. But there's this important aspect of how we understand God's character by rehearsing the things that he's done in the past. We're actually going to take a little bit of a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking through the rest of this Psalm. Stay tuned. So in the next section, it talks about God being gracious and compassionate. And through these acts that we're rehearsing, the things that God has done in the past, the things God continues to do, God reveals himself through his behavior. He reveals himself as this gracious, compassionate God who's slow to anger and is loving. And that word here, that love, is the hesed of God. And we've been talking about this for the last probably 20 chapters of the Psalms, that, that word of love is connected to this loyalty that we see that is revealed in the covenant. And it specifically pinpoints the love felt by one covenant partner to another. It's that loyalty, that love that points to God's actions on behalf of his people. And so these are qualities of God that are found in not just the Old Testament, but also the New Testament and in our own lives as well. And then the last section talks about this everlasting kingdom. So God's attitude towards us as creation. He is the creator. We are the creation. So everything that he has made, his attitude towards everything he has made is compassionate. And we know that God is good. God is good and God does good. So all of creation, meaning all of you, all of me, all of us, all of our families, all of, all of our relationships, the creation praises him in response to the way that he has created us. And so in particular, God's faithful people, which in this case, it's talking about the people of Israel, but in our context, it would be believers that live a Christian life now. We can praise him because of who he is, not just because of what he's done, but because of who he is and who we know he's going to be in the, in the future. 
we have observed throughout the Psalms, this picture of God as king. And now we can also observe God's kingdom as this glorious kingdom that's everlasting. And so again, God's kingdom is not restricted to Israel, but it extends to the entire world, even though sometimes this present world does not recognize it. Depending on where you're at, some people have not even heard of the name of Jesus. Some people have not heard of Yahweh, but yet we still know that that is part of God's kingdom that is revealed in the scriptures and God's kingdom does not limit itself to a particular border because as the creator that is part of his creation now of course right now we're not talking about the restored kingdom we have this um, fallen world that we live in but eventually god will bring that into full restoration there's partial restoration for sure because we have the holy spirit we have the presence of jesus with us throughout our daily lives and the eternal kingdom of course is going to be in heaven but god's kingdom Everything that he has created is part of this creation story that we can, we can trust God with and we can praise him for. And I don't want to discredit the fact that there is an aspect of human kingdoms on earth. And that's not really what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about creation. I'm talking about the mountains and the seas and, you know, all the beauty of creation. There is this aspect of, of human kingdoms that are warring with God. That's not what I'm talking about. So please don't be misled by that. But when he's talking about God's kingdom and he talks about how the kingdom itself won't endure forever, it's this eternal kingdom that we know that he's talking about. So it, it's kind of um, almost like a dual purpose right here. He's talking about the, the created kingdom of the creation and then also the eternal kingdom. The last part of this psalm is celebrating the God who keeps his promises and helps everyone who's vulnerable. So it talks about all who fall or all who are bowed down. And so it's it's really referring to how God supplies the needs of his creation as the creator for, for those that look to him for help. And so he differentiates between those who love him and those who are wicked. And there's a distinction there. I mean, as believers, we have a different outlook on things versus unbelievers because we can see God's hand of provision despite our circumstances or protection or peace in the midst of chaos. And then it finishes out, the psalm finishes out with praising God. Once again, the psalmist is declaring his commitment to not just praise God, but to call on God and to call on all of God's creation to join him. And so essentially Psalm 145 is praising God throughout as king. And he's talking about this glorious kingdom. And so he's basically saying that the earth should be praising the Lord who is the one who provides for all of his creatures. Believers today, modern readers, could use this prayer again to assert that we know that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the anointed king. The acts that he does in the past are his death and resurrection, and yet he's established God's kingdom among us, and we can look forward to him returning again because eventually he will reign over all of creation. So given that insight, I'm going to go back ahead and read starting at verse 1 of Psalm 145. 
I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Father God, may that be the prayer of our hearts. May our mouths speak in your praise, Lord. We we see your hand of provision as the creator provides for the creation. God, we see that in our own lives. Lord, I thank you for my friends today that are listening that might be in this place of understanding, maybe even for the first time, how you have provided for them as the creator and they are the creation. Lord, I pray that they would be the ones that would seek you for help, that when they are in the midst of difficult circumstances, they would see you, they would seek you out, and they would watch as you give peace in the midst of chaos, as you provide in ways that were barren. Lord God, we thank you that you are the God that intervenes, and we praise your name forever. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study. She hears learning to listen to Jesus. This is a six week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, 
I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.